A reading from the Roman Martyrology for the 22nd day of March. At Narbonne in France, the birthday of the Bishop St. Paul, a disciple of the Apostles. He is said to have been the proconsul Sergius Paulus, who was baptized by the blessed Apostle Paul and left at Narbonne, where he was raised to the Episcopal dignity when the Apostle went to Spain. Having zealously discharged the office of preaching and having performed miracles, he departed to heaven. At Terracina, St. Epaphroditus, a disciple of the Apostles, who was consecrated bishop of that city by the blessed Apostle Peter. At Enchira, under Julian the Apostate, St. Basil, priest and martyr, who gave up his soul to God after having endured grievous torments. At Carthage, the archdeacon St. Octavian, and many thousands of martyrs, who were slain by the Vandals for the Catholic faith. In Africa, the holy martyrs, Saturninus and nine others. In Galatia, the birthday of the holy martyrs, Calachina and Basila. At Rome, the birthday of Pope St. Zachary, who governed the Church of God with vigilance, and at last, renowned for miracles, rested in peace. At Carthage, St. Deogratias, Bishop of Carthage, who ransomed many captives taken from that city by the Vandals, and who performed many other good works, after which he went to rest in the Lord. At Osimo in Piceno, the bishop St. Benvenuto. At Rome, the widow St. Leah, whose virtues and happy death are related by St. Jerome. And in other places, many other holy martyrs, confessors, and virgins. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. So the Holy See has uh, granted a plenary indulgence, so I'll read off this plenary indulgence, uh, all the details of it. The plenary indulgence is granted to the faithful affected by coronavirus, subjected to quarantine by order of the health authority in hospitals or in their own homes, if, with their souls detached from any sin, they will spiritually join the celebration through the media of the Holy Mass, the recitation of the Holy Rosary, the pious practice of the Via Crucis, or other forms of devotion, or if at least they will recite the Creed, the Our Father, and a pious invocation to the Blessed Virgin Mary, offering this proof in a spirit of faith in God and charity towards our brothers and sisters, with the will to fulfill the usual conditions, that is, sacramental confession, Eucharistic communion, and prayer according to the intentions of the Holy Father as soon as it is possible for them. Health workers, family workers, and those who following the example of the Good Samaritan, exposing themselves to the risk of contagion, assist coronavirus patients according to the words of the Divine Redeemer. Nobody has a love greater than this, giving life for their own friends. will obtain the same gift of the plenary indulgence on the same conditions. Furthermore, this apostolic penitentiary willingly grants plenary indulgence under the same conditions on the occasion of the current world epidemic, also to those faithful who offer a visit to the Blessed Sacrament or Eucharistic Adoration, or the reading of the Holy Scriptures for at least half an hour, either the recitation of the Holy Rosary, or the pious exercise of the Via Crucis, or the recitation of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, to implore from Almighty God the cessation of the epidemic, relief for those who are afflicted, and eternal salvation of how many the Lord has called to himself.
So, Brother Joseph, tell us <laughs> what all this means. <laughs> right. For the people, for the listeners at home. So this means that if you're stuck at home because of a quarantine, either you know, by a medical order or by state order, so us in Illinois certainly count at this point, that you may gain a plenary indulgence if you assist at Mass via the internet um, or via television, such as going to cantius.org and assisting at um, Masses at St. John Cantius via the internet, streaming four times on Sunday um, and every day, twice a day, or um, with the Rosary or Stations of the Cross, which St. John's is also streaming. Uh, yeah, you may, if you do this, you may gain a plenary indulgence, even though you can't be there in person. And what's unique about the indulgence granted here is that usually for a plenary indulgence, you must fulfill the conditions within a certain number of days, around 15 to 20 days, I think it is, um, sacramental confession, and then going to communion. But uh, what was said in this uh, decree was that you can fulfill those conditions as soon as possible, meaning however long we're stuck in here, uh, stuck at home, um, you may gain that indulgence assisting at Mass today, tomorrow, the next day. You may gain that indulgence with the intention of going to confession and communion whenever you're able to. Um, and then the other indulgences are you know, similar for anyone who's helping in this epidemic, doctors, nurses, family members, family members who are, who are uh, helping those in need, those suffering from this, those who are suffering themselves, right, um, are also able to gain an indulgence uh, just by um, the usual conditions, prayer uh, for the intention of the Holy Father, communion and confession as soon as possible. And then the third set of people available were basically anyone in the world, whether you're under lockdown or not, who prays for those affected, prays for those helping them, and prays for the, the, the dead who have died because of this, this outbreak. And so if you offer, I think it said, if you offer a rosary or a chaplet of divine mercy or pray for an hour, half hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament, um, or read scripture for a half hour. If you pray for these people, the living and deceased affected by this, uh, then you may also gain a plenary indulgence under those same conditions. Perfect. Very well said. He didn't even look. He didn't even look at the text. Uh, yeah, exactly. So this basically means that everyone is able to uh, gain this plenary indulgence. Mm -hmm. There's no one who... There's no group that is not affected by this. And so we have no excuse to not pray for all those affected by this. Mm -hmm. And so, Father Brendan, why do I want a plenary indulgence? You'll want it so you can apply for the poor souls in purgatory to help them to get them out of purgatory sooner. But also you want it because God is offering you a tremendous grace, a tremendous gift. If you deny it, you're denying the giver a tremendous gift. The authority that God gives to his church is being given to you to deny and reject and turn your back on it or, so to say, sit in a lazy boy chair and turn your channel and see what else is more of interest to you. You're denying it from God. So a beautiful thing is 
To hear this, to respond to God, is the most magnificent response that you can ever do. To respond to God is awesome. In this plenary indulgence, you can apply it for the poor souls in purgatory, or you can apply it for yourself. Yeah, great. So I hope all of you will be uh, uh, encouraged to do good works, uh, do pious practices. So in this time, we can either do things. We can either become more holy, more virtuous, or less holy. Uh, at the end of this, depending on our decisions, uh, whether we decide to engage our spiritual life in this time, uh, or if we let it slide, that will will end up where we decided to go. So let's uh, make the best use of this time. Uh, so that being said, uh, we raise our glasses to all those who are at home. Latari Sunday. Latari Sunday. We're drinking nice scotch here and and whatever Father Brandon's drinking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so cheers to you all. Uh, now we'll just open it uh, for, for questions. <laughs> I got a question. What's this on my elbow? <laughs> Broadcasting from Mount Volo in Volo Valley Forge. We're overlooking the beautiful valleys with Volo cotton growing in the wind where creeks are pure from the glaciers melting from Volo Mountain. Do you have stains on your t-shirt and wish you can get them out? Do you have the mustard, the ketchup that just doesn't seem to go away? Throw that shirt out and get the Volo tee. The Volo tee is the primo shirt. Nothing sticks to it. It's comfort. It's not too big, not too small, not too snug, not too loose. It's perfect for you and it's a wonderful gift for everybody, especially for Latari Sunday. Yes, if you subscribe right now, we'll send you one and the package. <laughs> You've been listening to Volo Radio. <laughs> That's right. That's right, folks. You heard it here first. Don't let all those big podcasts tell you that they have anything. We've got we've got t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and Volo t-shirts. <laughs> Made by hand from the Voloites, the long-lost tribe. And if you look out to the east, you'll see the fields of Volo, growing the Volo cotton. And the Volo workers are picking that cotton every single day, growing it beautifully. Yeah, exactly. Right next to the Volo brewery. So, uh, let's talk about... Let's talk about... Uh, Favorite Laetare Sunday memories. People always talk about Christmas memories or Easter memories. Uh, but who's got Laetare memories? It sounds like you do, so maybe you should start. Um, no, I don't. My favorite actually. gospel passage. Gospel passage. I love the gospel passage for tomorrow. So the <laughs> Lord opens the eyes of a man born blind. And the guy is healed. And he wanders into the synagogue, and the people are like, is that the same guy? No, it's not the same guy. And yes, he finally says, yes, that I am. And they bring him to the Pharisees, the high priests, the people, and they're like questioning who he is. And they're all upset <laughs> because Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. And they hate Jesus. And this man is questioned by the Pharisees, and he basically says, do you want to become a disciple too? 
and it would be like inviting Hillary Clinton to a Trump rally. <laughs> It'd be like the antithesis of what they want to become. And the fact that this man is just so excited, he can't help but rejoice in the fact that he's been healed and Jesus healed him. And he wants, literally, he wants to know who Jesus is. And when you get done with this passage, Jesus brings himself to him. And he goes, do you believe in the Son of Man? He goes, who is he? And our Lord says, the one you're looking at and the one who's speaking to you. And it's like, God, this is so awesome. Here are those who have absolutely nothing, have been given the gift of faith and the gift of sight. And those who have sight have absolutely no faith. And yet they look upon our Lord Jesus Christ and they ridicule him and they hate him. I love the beauty that our Lord reaches out and offers his mercy to anybody. And those who respond, it's like, wow. That's one of my Latari Sunday favorites. So, yeah. Thank you. That's a great memory. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, one thing I, when I think of Latari Sunday, it's in the middle of Lent, four weeks in, and if you've had a good Lent, then you're always looking forward to that break from Lent, break from the fast, and uh, just that joy from going from going from in the novitiate, uh, keeping silence uh, as much as possible in the house and, uh, you know, to the fasting, no, no sugar, all the, you know, all the typical things to just, I remember the first year there was a bowl of jelly beans. Someone had brought us an, an Easter basket early and I went in there and, <coughs> and I asked Father Phillips, if we, if I, we could have the jelly beans, and he said, uh, uh, he said no. They're <laughs> mine. <laughs> no, he said we should save some things for Easter. But so we ate something else, and I, I eventually enjoyed the jelly beans. But that was a particularly uh, wow. strong memory for me for Lake because I love jelly beans, uh, and uh, that was. But anyway, so yeah. Um, one thing I had to keep giving up even on later. <coughs> How about the rose vestments? The rose vestments are, it's like a splendor to like pop in the middle of the penitential moment. It's like a foretaste of the splendor of heaven. Yeah, that's glorious. Yep. yep. The rose color. I remember one year, first year, they had um, roses displayed in this humongous size vase on the altar. They had two of them. There must have been 50 amazing pink roses oh yeah and i was like oh my gosh they were there one day and they're gone the next i was like where did they go yeah so that's that's a good point and it's something that's been uh i've seen come up in a few different places where people are talking about will we still have easter mass even though nobody's there and of course we will uh but then how about the fl the flowers are you going to decorate the altar even if no one's there and yes, we will, assuming we still get the flowers. I'm not sure if they're still open, if they're uh, what the situation is there, but we have them ordered and we hope that we will get them. So then we have you decorate the altar because it's when you put flowers on the altar and same when you bring flowers to a, for a funeral or flowers to a wedding, you're going to give these flowers as a sacrifice. And you're sacrificing the flowers. This is why cut flowers are better for uh, for the altar. Now, lilies 
you know, we have lilies and pots and we do that. But like for um, weddings, funerals and other times, other feast days, we put cut flowers on the altar and they're only there for a short time. But that is a sacrifice of taking what's beautiful, giving it to God and letting kind of, you know, like a sacrificial like, offering. Yeah. yeah, like an offering. So what I've noticed uh, in some people who don't, who are not really strong in their faith, let's say, uh, and they have a wedding and they bring flowers to the altar. And then after the wedding's done, they take the flowers from the altar and bring them to the reception. And it shows this, this, I'm giving, but I'm taking back, not totally surrendering. Right, exactly, and I, I, they granted they don't, they don't know, they don't understand, they don't understand the thing, but I think it's important that we do understand that flowers are there, they're part of the sacrifice, just like incense. It's something that's consumed in the in the giving, in the in the burning of incense. This very valuable um, element, mineral. It's not an element, like an element, but a, sorry, Sweet. Brother Joseph's looking at me. Uh, Sweet fragrant gum that burns and um, consumed. Yeah, and the same with the candles. The candles on the altar—they're precious. They cost money. Um, they are. It requires a lot of wax uh, to make a candle, and that co consuming of the candle is again an offering made to God. So it's all these ways are—it's kind of like symbolic of what we should live for. Our hearts should be on fire with the Holy Spirit, consumed with God's grace, till there's nothing left of us at the altar of God throughout our day. Yeah. yeah, kind of like that. Joe, what do you think? I've often been struck by the fact that we use what's most uh, passing in, in a moment, you know, incense, flowers, you know, what, what passes more quickly than cut flowers. They're not going to last very long at all. But we offer them in the um, in the timeless sacrifice of the mass. We we give something very kind of ephemeral, uh, by which I mean something that passes very quickly, as an offering to God. And it's th by the very fact that we're offering it in this moment that it shows um, the importance that we give to what is lasting in the mass. It's no holding back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, there's an element of we take what is passing and we uh, God brings it up into an eternal merit right and that's the same thing with all of our all of the gifts that we have they're all in time and we give them in time and by giving them in grace uh, serving God in grace then we are they are lifted up into dwell in heaven so on earth, uh, thieves break in and steal and uh, things rust um, but we need to lay uh, lay up treasure in heaven where, where it lasts forever so this is all part, that sacrifice is part of that taking the temporal and lifting it up uh, we have the ability through grace to lift it up to God right and this is related even to the the incarnation and then the ascension I was reading Cardinal Ratzinger, I forget the book that it's in, but he says that in the in, in Christ's sacrifice on the cross and then in his ascension, the yes of a man in time is taken up into the eternal yes of God. And so that what Jesus 
felt and what he experienced and his momentary, in a sense, momentary yes to God is united in eternity to God the Father. And so all of our offerings, like we were just talking about, are joined with Christ's yes and brought up to, to heaven. And so our all of our small yeses here on earth are joined to Christ's yes and that eternal yes to God the Father. That's awesome. That truly is awesome. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes you look at Mass in a different way altogether. Yeah, sure wish we could have it. Sacrifice. <laughs> the sacrifice from being there, the sacrifice of being there, and the sacrifice in being there again and again. Yeah. No, really. Really. Yeah. And so, but we can, so at the Mass, we take all of our, we offer up our work and we offer up all of our things at the Mass. Um, but if we can't be a Mass, that spiritual communion, that uniting ourselves with the Mass. And there's so many saints. You look at the all the saints, they lived in the difficult times, often when Mass was not available. That's when the, the saints lived, right? In the times of persecution where they had to hide underground um, to... Uh, or in the midst of communist suppression. Right, right. And, and but it's that... So there, so grace is is given still through the church in these times, through the sacrifice of Christ, through His church which He established. That that grace is still flowing, uh, so we should not think that just because we cannot be in the church buildings uh, right now that uh, that there's anything to despair. This is for a short time, um, and. And it's, in a sense, a fast that will grow our longing for the Eucharist. I was reading in Cardinal Robert Serra's recent book with Pope Benedict, and he talked about when he was um, uh, when he was young in his village, they would get priests very rarely to come say Mass, you know, once a month about. And he remembers with such... Uh, vivid joy how people reacted when they got that mass once a month they looked forward to it for the entire month and we so often who go every week or even every day it can seem like a chore sometimes you know we have to get up again have to drive again have to do this again have to serve again whatever it is and so hopefully this this time where so many of us are going to be uh, deprived of the mass regularly, we'll realize what what we had and what we failed to make full use of uh, when it was available readily. And so hopefully this will show us the importance of mass and that we will hunger and thirst for it even more when it will be available again. And that hopefully we won't, um, won't take it for granted like we probably have in the past. Kind of reminds me of a reading of uh, Walter Shizek. Father Walter Shizek, he leadeth me. Um, at one point, he's released from the Russian uh, work camp, and he goes to Poland. And Polish people find out he's a Catholic priest, and he begins to offer the sacraments. And it's like hungry lamb. There's all around him. 
and he winds up having mass in one of the houses, and the house is packed to the point where he has no place to move except where he's standing. And this takes place right around Easter time. And it's a joy to write it just kind of like that, because when you're reading the pages and you're reading the pages, like, oh my God, these people really have not had mass in such a long time. They are oppressed by the communists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So everything's gonna be okay. It's the point. <laughs> no, that God has. A, the point is this: that God has a purpose for all this, and uh, and He has a purpose. He has a. Um, His way of doing it. Yep. Right. So, however, we got to this point. Um, doesn't matter nearly as much as what our reaction to it is going to be. Mm-hmm. So whatever is put in our path, um, obstacles or joys, what matters is how we turn to God more in that moment, in that time. And so, of course, it's going to be very natural to be very frustrated, um, frustrated, angry, very upset. But we always need to use that as a moment, an opportunity where we can turn to God more, say, Lord, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why we're stuck at home. I don't know why we're stuck without the sacraments. This is, it's terrible. I don't understand why this is happening, but I trust in you. I know that you can bring good out of this, and I want to turn my life more fully to you in all of these circumstances. And there's only, that's that's the reaction of the saints. That's what we need to say when, whenever we encounter any difficulty is, Lord, this is all, I'm giving this all to you. Help me to seek you more fully in this circumstance and whatever is going to come in the future. I know that you can bring good out of it. I don't understand how right now, but I trust in you and let's take it from there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, if you can um, offer your sufferings and all that is going on for those who don't care, for those who are indifferent, cold-hearted, um, for those who have drifted away from the church and its sacraments, who have just literally simply entangled themselves like a bug in a spider web in sin, literally unite your sufferings to our Lord when he was arrested and he was alone, and after that. He was then crucified. But in your loneliness, if I may say, away from the sacraments, unite yourself with Christ in this moment and offer it for the conversion of souls. For those who don't care, have no desire, or if I may say indifferent, offer it as a sacrifice, uniting it to Christ and asking God for the, the uh, triple outpouring of grace for the conversion of souls that they may be touched by this grace and come back to church with you, no matter who they be. Awesome. Well, let's cut to a commercial break, and we'll be right back. And now, back in Volo Valley is where they grow that sweet-smelling bourbon. Yes, the sweet-smelling bourbon in Volo Valleys. It's brewed right underneath the waters of Mount Volo, which is 42,000 feet high and a crystalline clear valley forge is 
beautiful with this beautiful valley. And in the meantime, if you are looking for a t-shirt that doesn't fit you right, and you do not know what to wear, especially on that Saturday when you want to impress that little person next to you, get the Volo tea. No spaghetti sauce sticks to it, no mustard stains it, and no grease from that oil transmission ever gets near it. Yes, the Volo tea, made by Volo Cotton. Yes, if you subscribe right now, we'll just throw in the package, just not even a t-shirt. But if you subscribe twice, we'll throw a t-shirt in with that. That's right, you've been listening to Volo Tees. That's it for us uh, here at St. Peter and Volo. And I hope you have a wonderful Laetare Sunday. Rejoice. Read the gospel. You'll love it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Read the gospel. Uh, and uh, yeah, let us rejoice in the Lord uh, for he has made this day for us. And 